Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. And this is Ryan. <laughs> We've got another new segment for you. Leisure lists, which is why I'm speaking like a sultry... I thought you were going to be like... I thought you were going to be like, Hello, interwebs, I'm George Takei. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. That's what it sounded like I to can, me. I'll that's continue why, that way. That's why I laughed. Oh. He's still alive, Leisure right? Lists. We're... Yes, I got a picture with him just last year. Let's keep going on. Thank God. Leisure list. (laughs) Where Ryan and I have casual chats about, well, any entertainment we're consuming lately. TV, movies, comics, games. The conversation could go anywhere. Already has. We'll try not to spoil anything about what we're watching, considering you don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what we're talking about. I mean, to each other. I don't know what he's going to say. Let's get into this. I'm going to spoil everything. We're going to zoom... Everything. Zoom past our medium shot into a close-up. Oh, this is already a great episode. Yeah. This is like Les Mis. No medium shots. Only extreme close-ups. Who am I? Oh, wait. I don't want to get DMC strikes. (laughs) That two-second clip. Oops! This is a different kind of episode. Silly Uh, me. It's experimental. We do experimental uh, things here on Close Up. We're going off the cuff here. So what do you want to talk about first? Experimental. What have you been watching? What's something experimental you've been watching lately? Nothing really experimental, but I've been re-watching Avatar The Last Airbender. Because I have this thing... Good choice, good choice. I have this thing where if I really, really, really enjoy something, and it's great every time I watch it, I want to watch it every... Once every year. And... I didn't do it at all last year for some reason, because there was the whole crave about it all over the internet during the pandemic. I did watch it during 2020, and I guess I took a break, and now I'm rewatching it now. I'm on the ninth episode. Still very good. Still still great show. For those of you who don't know, which is sad to think about, it's the story of Aang, the last airbender, who is frozen in a block uh, of ice. This is all in the first episode. And is tr- transported a hundred years into the future, where it's not everything is the same anymore. It's no more. It's no longer peace. It is war. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked, and now the Avatar is back, and he must learn all. He must master all the four elements: earth, fire, water, air. It's a different order, but I already messed it up. Uh, in order to save the world, and he's got one year to do it. And you go on this great adventure with him, his two buddies, Sokka, Katara. Later on the show, there's Toph. Toph. Toph is a fan favorite. And it's just a great, great piece of media. It's uh, got some of the greatest writing, even though people say it's a kid's show, which it is. It is a kid's show. It is considered to be on a lot of people's top 10 shows of all time because it's well-written, well-directed, well-animated. The music is incredible. The characters are incredible. You can, you can easily identify with each character in this show, heroes and villains. I haven't seen Avatar since I was a kid. I always remember enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, th- that's one of those ones where sometimes I'd be watching it and my mom would come in and see whatever. And it's one of those shows where 
sometimes parents watch shows just kind of out of obligation. Oh, my kid like this, whatever. That's one of those ones my parents actually like to watch with me when I was a kid, just because it was actually Good, engrossing yeah. enough for them to be like, whoa, 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 hold on. This is actually interesting just to watch. I remember when I was originally watching it, I don't think I ever saw the finale on TV when it was coming out, but I think like years, I did. I did. years later, just like a YouTube recommendation popped up of like, final battle and i watched that i was like this was amazing holy crap wish i saw on tv because i didn't understand how like channels and scheduling worked back then there wasn't really a way to look it up except in like a channel guide for those of you who don't know there wasn't some guy on tiktok who explained to you when something was being released you just had to look it up yourself in a news article by reading yeah who reads anymore not me or TV guide, or... Yeah, or TV guide. Whatever. What's a TV guide, exactly? I also never knew about summer reruns. I just thought, I just remember getting pissed off every year when, come summer, it was always reruns of shows. Yeah. And I'm like, where's the new ones? Yeah, it was always, it was always reruns, or... It was always reruns of, like, Friends, MASH... Or even um, Family yeah. Guy. <laughs> There's nothing really new. Yeah, Batman 60. One of my favorite childhood TV lineups was, I think it was uh, Teletoon Retro. Yeah. Had this whole lineup where it was, I think, they had, well, Batman 1966 was one I always watched on there, but they also had a show called Rocket Robin Hood. I remember watching a ton of, and the old 60s Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. And there may have been a couple other ones, either live action or cartoon. Oh, yeah, Jetsons and Flintstones, that kind of stuff, too. So, yeah, I I grew up on, funny enough, all the same shows my parents grew up on. Yeah. Either at the time or in reruns, just because they were syndicated. And that's probably what, that's probably why my parents got me to watch those shows as a kid, because they were on and they already watched them as kids. And they're still good. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'll probably show my kids really those shows fun. too. Yeah, a lot of Looney Tunes stuff is really funny. You kind of reminded of the, me. The old you Looney Tunes show yeah. you can't. Did you ever see on Tele, yeah. Teletoon? And then like it gets to 9 o'clock and then it was like Teletoon at Teletoon night. night. Yeah. And then it'd be all like the. Go to bed now, it's too late. The risque uh, animation shows that uh, you weren't allowed to watch. But luckily I had a TV in my room and I watched them anyway <laughs> without my parents knowing. My mom caught us watching Robot Chicken one time, and it was literally the worst oh, one, no. where it was literally the robot humping a washing machine. She was like, <laughs> what are you watching? Turn that off. We were I don't like, know, but it, but it makes me feel something new. We, were like, we weren't like super young, but we were probably like 12 or 11 at the time, and we understood like from like dark humor and stuff. But uh, she was just like, no, what is this? This is wrong. It's like, Mom, Dad took us to the hangover. All right? Like, relax. And that was wrong, too. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. I haven't been watching Teletoon at night because it doesn't exist anymore. But, yeah. Just recently got back into Avatar. I just think it's an, it's an awesome show. What have you been watching, Joe? Well, when you were talking, it reminds me, I've also been watching a show about a, a person who lived a very important person who ended up trapped for a hundred years and 
came back to find the world had gone to crap in their absence. I'm talking about The Sandman Ah. on Netflix. I've only two episodes into it as of the time of this recording. I really had little expectations for it. I'm I'm a fan of Neil Gaiman. I I just like his general personality uh, as somebody online, and he's kind of um, I could easily see him being an inspiration of mine. I haven't really gotten into too much of his actual work, which is unfortunate. I haven't read the original Sandman, which, you know, I'm a comic book reader, so that's that's egg on my face. Sure, I'll, I want to get around to it. So this is my first exposure to the Sandman as a story. In the first ep- two episodes, they, they grab me, and I'm not usually the kind to watch, to binge watch things, for sure. But to me, I think it's telling that after the first episode, I went immediately into the second, because that's just not something I do. I'm usually, yep, just one a night. I watched my one. And uh, I'm done. Actually, I'm going to watch the second. That's weird for me. And I nearly went for a third, too. And even after the second, I'm like, well, that's it? I want more. That's funny. And I, I will get to more. Yeah, I, kinda, I did that with a lot of shows. Until, of course, the streaming started. And I tried to like stick it to like one a night or two a night even. But I, in recent time. This isn't something I recently watched, but something that made me just want to put on the next episode was like Squid Game, because almost every other episode was like left on a cliffhanger. You're like, what the fuck? That's it? And then you had to watch the next one to know, because like, I'm not just going to watch this and then go to work, you know? Yeah. Well, so far, Sandman is pretty good. Uh, The performance, uh, sorry, I don't know the lead actor's name, but He's really captivating just every time he speaks, especially in the first episode, because he barely spoke in the first episode. So you kind of hang on this guy's every word. Something about his voice is very commanding. The special effects are really cool. I'm almost certain they're pulling it from the comic books, some of the visual styles, which would make a lot of sense. They're probably doing the Zack Snyder thing and trying to replicate panels and whatnot. I don't know. I haven't read the book. But I'm really liking the the visual style of it. The story is a really cool fantasy story. Basically, what it is so far is, like I was saying, he... So we're following this god, basically, named Dream. And he... Well, Morpheus is, is his real name. But he is basically in charge of all dreams. Anybody who's ever dreamed past, present, future, he's, he's the guy in charge of it all. But he has these disciples. Some of them are dreams. Some of them are nightmares. But they're basically sentient manifestations of dreams and nightmares that he created in his realm. And one of them named Corinthian escaped into the real world and he's serial killing people. So Morpheus goes to the real world to try and capture Corinthian and bring him back to the dreamland. But while he's there, this is in World War I, by the way, give or take, there's this magician. Lovely time. Who, yeah, there's this magician whose son died in the First World War and he wants him back. So he's trying to capture the god of death and force him to bring his son back for his trade his freedom for bringing his son back to life 
but he accidentally captures Morpheus instead. And he's like, oh, you're the god of dreams? You can't help me. But Morpheus doesn't speak to him. I think his plan went so, awry when he planned to capture the god of death. Unless he's yeah, completely but he captured the god of I don't know, this universe. Well, he captured the god of dreams by accident in any case. So he's got him locked in a cage, stole all his gear so he can't escape. And he keeps him in this cage. And then it kind of passes on to his son. Long story short, he's trapped in that cage in a basement for a hundred years. And in the meantime, his realm kind of goes to shit. And he... And a lot of people around the world, dreams are kind of screwed up now because there's nobody controlling them. So a lot of people are trapped in this sleepwalking state. Some people went to sleep and never woke up. Other people can't really fall asleep anymore. There's just a lot of screwery going around with bedtime nowadays for the last hundred years. So just the dream world's messed up. The real world's messed up. Everything's messed up because this one guy kept the Lord of Dreams in a cage for a hundred years. And all of the dreams and nightmares that were disciples of his have gone out either looking for him or just quit their jobs and went to the real world. So just everything is messed up now. And now he's decided he's going to go and try to get his gang back together, rebuild his realm. And that's basically where we're at in the first couple episodes. And I'm, I'm hooked. Are you saying, I don't know what's going. Are you saying the reason the 1900s sucked is because Sandman was trapped for a hundred years? That's basically what the show is trying to say, yes. But Martin Luther King had a dream. Metaphorically. I'll let myself out. <laughs> I've made worse jokes tonight. Woo! I'm on fire. Already. Yeah, that sounds right, pretty interesting. Uh, what you, I, just, what, what? I remember seeing the marketing for that and being like, what the hell is this? And then it's a DC property, correct? Or is technically, it? Technically, yes. Technically is. But it looked, it looked. Well, I mean, I mean, he's going, he's going, he's going to meet. Well, I mean, he's not. They gender swapped John Constantine for this, huh? Which, or I don't know if they gender swapped John Constantine or if this is just a different version of John Constantine. I think they're, they're calling her Johanna. Everything's a multiverse. But he's, he's talking to. He's going to go see a Constantine in the next episode. So it is. Apparently that DC John Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves is actually pretty good. I've heard good things about it. I haven't seen it. It's one of those ones I feel like people crapped on for not being accurate to the source yeah. material, but not for on, being a bad movie. Yeah. It's like, it wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't an accurate Constantine movie. Yeah. Which, fine. I want to see it, though. So what else have you been watching? I, wa- I want to see more of Sandman. I'll probably rewatch Avatar at some point. I mean, I've been... We're... This is August 26th right now. I've been watching She-Hulk on the second episode. That's all that's been released so far. And I'm enjoying it so far. It's been a lot of fun. Haters are hating on it way too much. Because uh, I've heard I've, one tick doctor said, wow, a lot of fragile men are going to be shitting on this show. And it's true. Because, one star a woman leads. Yeah, it's, it's true. Because they blatantly say in the show that the reason that She-Hulk is able to control the Hulk, her Hulk and her anger is because she's literally been doing it all her life because she is a woman. And how it's explained 
in it, and there are examples in the show of it happening as well, is just as a woman, she's going to be talked down to most of her life. That's just the reality of the situation. So sadly, in our society, people are going to talk down to her, tell her how to do her job, tell her how to do things, and if she gets too emotional and defends herself, or if she gets too, excuse me, if she defends herself, people are going to say she's too emotional and she needs to calm down, which is really not what she's doing. She's just defending herself. And it's just the reality, sadly, for a lot of women in society. And a lot of, a lot of men, a lot of men are going to be like, no, that's stupid. Why Hulk had to stay with, do, deal with his anger for 15 years? Yeah, because they haven't fucking fleshed out the Hulk's backstory in the MCU that very well. That's the real issue, not fucking She-Hulk. That's a whole different story, because it's canon in the comics that he was actually abused as a child. So in a weird way, the Hulk is a suppressed, like... Defense like, mechanism. Like a, like a mental disorder, like a, almost a, another personality. And the gamma radiation just brought him out. But yeah, I've been watching that. It's been fun so far. Again, only on the second episode, so we don't really know what goes on from here. I don't want to say much about it, because you haven't, want, haven't seen it yet. But yeah, so far it's been a lot of fun. I mean, just, again, with all the Marvel shows that have come out, there hasn't been one, except for What If, maybe, where I wasn't enjoying it while I was watching it. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for me. I like that one. We talked about, we talked... I know you I hate it. like that one. We have had this argument before on this podcast. I think most of it got chopped out because it went on way too long. Yeah. <laughs> just like the show. Uh, I did not like that show. I did not like What If. I did not like... I don't like Loki as much as most people. That one pisses people off when I tell people that. It's a great I show. I didn't... Uh, I liked Hawkeye, WandaVision, Moon Knight. You haven't seen Ms. Marvel. I haven't seen Ms. Marvel. I have a feeling... I, re- yeah. I refused. I have a feeling you won't like Ms. Marvel, Marvel, which kind of sucks because if you say you don't like Ms. Marvel, then the popular criticism against that is to say that you're racist, which is just not true. There's just some... And there's... That's and because why... I just want to explain why I didn't want to watch it. Just to get ahead of those people who are going to call me racist or whatever it it has nothing to do with the lead or the islam influence in fact that actually looked pretty interesting to me i like learning about different cultures it opened my eyes a lot about um the difference between um pakistan and uh india and the um india the rule the history with the the european rule over the partition the partition yeah the partitioning i didn't really understand how messed up it was yeah, that history all fascinates me. I like seeing different faces, different stories. It's all, mm-hmm. as a film fan, it's all interesting to me. Thing is, Marvel in general, the brand is burning me out. And I talked about this in, I think, episode 15, Joe Hates' his favorite franchises. Marvel is burning me out. And I don't want to be that fan who just rushes to every single Marvel thing I, like, that comes out anymore just because it's got a Marvel brand stamped onto it. All that stuff about India, Pakistan, history, and going into Islam more as a religion, that all seems interesting to me on paper, but the way this series was marketed did not appeal to me. Oh, yeah. About, it just did not, 
the way this story, this coming of age tale about uh, what's her name, Kamala Khan. Yep, is it Kamala Khan? Yeah, this coming of age tale about Kamala Khan. It just did not appeal to me. I don't know if it was meant for a twenty-something dude to <laughs> relate to. It wasn't really made for me. I don't think, and that's okay. I'm not saying it shouldn't exist. If people, if the people who it was more made for enjoy it, that's fantastic. But just based on the way this series was marketed, it didn't look like something I would really enjoy watching. So why do I want to spend six hours of my life watching something that I didn't really think I would enjoy just because it's got Marvel Mm -hmm. in the title? It just didn't seem worth it to me. She-Hulk? She-Hulk, I wasn't planning on watching either based on its marketing until its marketing started getting smart and started convincing me. (laughs) Maybe. No, no, I'm not even even saying maybe. No. I'm not even going to do that. That's going to come back to bite me. Here's my combative opinion on people who just call it racist or people who don't like the show that are calling them racist. Like you were just the scum of the internet. Like, you're not listening to these people who are actually having these reviews. There's some people who have, like, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's rated 96%, or 96% and 98%. And structurally, I think it's probably some of the weakest writing in Marvel in terms of the show, but the characters are really fun. I think that's getting confused with it being you know a, what good, the problem be is, a good show. And I like, and I really like Camilla Khan. I think th- she's one of my favorite new characters to come out of these Disney shows. But again, I'm with the one guy I talked about, Angry Joe. He said, I'm crapping yeah. on this show and how the story structure and the villain is not very good. And now I'm going to be lumped in with all these people calling me racist because it's a different... You know what the problem is? The diversity is not... Diversity and the, the racism argument, that's not a good enough thing... It's not a reasonable enough thing to give a show one star for, but it's also not something to give a show 10 stars for just because it did it. I feel like a lot of these good reviews are praising it just because it's diverse. That is not something to praise a series for. Mm -hmm. It's also not something to review bomb a series for. It speaks to no quality whatsoever. It's just something they did. And people use it for actual criticism for some reason. It boggles my mind how... Just having certain races or cultures represented is something to either hate or praise. Like, it affects the yeah. quality of the product whatsoever. It has nothing to do with it. It's just politics and optics. Yeah, it's, it, it's ridiculous. And I like Kamala Khan. I think, she, I think you would enjoy her if you watch the show. Because the actress who, who plays yeah, her I'm sure is I would. really, really good. She's having the time of her life. She like, looks charming. There's literally... I think in the third episode, it's a small spoiler, but there's a guy she likes. She gets her, his phone number, and she literally has this little dance number in her house, like listening to, I think it's ABBA, and it's so funny. It's so funny because I was bet the song? I don't remember the song. I'm sorry, I was too busy laughing. But I think she was. <laughs> I think she was. Um, oh God. But she was, like, dancing. She was doing, like, the whole... I, uh, that's what I think almost every, like, teenager would feel when they get, like, the crush to know her. They just feel that type of way. Stylistically, it's a great show. But the villain is weak. 
the story structure isn't really well put together. And you have to, for us in a way, you have to criticize a show as a whole in terms of story, in terms of characters. Captain America, like Steve Rogers, is probably one of the most popular characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Arguably, has one of the most basic stories in the first Avenger. And it's still, it's told well, but it's not like, I know it's your favorite. But I, to, in my opinion, it's like, it's not one of the, like, it's not one of the greatest MCU movies in the, in the first Avenger. Cause it's not like, I don't know. I, it should, nothing like in that movie. I see what you're saying. Nothing Disagree. in that movie made me. It's my favorite in the whole Marvel universe. Yeah. yeah. Nothing that movie made me go, oh, wow. That, that was like a new take on the, on the genre, but it's still very, very good here with in Miss Marvel, it's a really, really, really good character and a great supporting cast, but it does nothing new with the story and even sometimes has really dumb moments. There's a moment where the CIA or fucking damage control, which I, I know it's their intention, but every time they're on screen, I hate. I absolutely hate, which is the intention of Marvel. Because it's, it's, again, it's the fucking, it's the government, right? We all hate the government. Let's all admit it. These, like, egotistical people on screen. There's literally a moment when she says, don't use live rounds. And in the next scene, they're fucking shooting live rounds. So, either that's a mishap on, like, a character moment, or it's just not written well. Like, I'm sorry. I love Miss Marvel as a character. I'm super excited to see her in the Marvel. What's next? Captain Marvel 2? The Marvels. The Marvels. I'm super excited to see her. I don't know what her new first interactions with the Avengers is going to be because apparently in canon, her first Avengers is on that ride in Avengers Campus. So do I have to go all the way to Universal to see their first interaction? Because that doesn't really make any sense. I digress. Synergy going too far. I digress. We were talking about She-Hulk. So well, She-Hulk about She-Hulk. The thing was, with She-Hulk, it's I was not. I just wanted to say I I was not sold until the joke started landing for me in some of the marketing. But what really got me was Daredevil. Yeah, that was what sold me. I am the biggest Daredevil fan. It's my favorite thing in. Probably the entire MCU. First Avengers, my favorite movie, but Daredevil's probably my favorite thing in the entire world. Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> it's look, Daredevil is also in probably my friend. My friend. I don't know if it's my top. If it's a top five, but it's in my top ten shows of all time. My friend asked me to, this. It was so, really funny. Who was watching Daredevil? It's like, do you love Daredevil or do you love Charlie Cox? And it was really hard for me to say both. <laughs> it was really hard for me to say at the at They're the one time. And the same. It was really hard for me at the, to say at the time I love Daredevil because I think it was just season one. But then when season two came out, I was like, no, I love, I love them both. <sighs> Charlie Cox. I heard that Charlie Cox lost some roles after Daredevil because he couldn't stop acting blind. Oh, for sure. <laughs> There's uh, Charlie Hunnam. He did it so habitually. Charlie Hunnam and Sons of Anarchy he had to do um, vocal train to get his original accent back. Because he had to do an American accent for Sons of Anarchy for like seven to eight years. And he's from England. He's from a certain... Mm -hmm. Or is it England? I have to be very careful with this. Because he's, fr he's from Europe. I don't know if it's England. But it's a very specific... 
part of Europe. And it kind of... Newcastle... Yeah, Newcastle, United Kingdom. Newcastle upon Thine? Sorry, Charlie. So it's a very specific accent, and he wanted to gain that back. But yeah, I... But with She-Hulk, I, I agree with you, because the marketing was kind of... It's not great. It wasn't that good. And to all the people shitting on the CGI in the trailer, it's a fucking trailer! We all know how it... They always are bad. They're always bad we in trailers. We all know how it works. We've know, known this since Aladdin. It's not a finished fucking product yet. It's literally there to show, like, even a teaser. They're not gonna go all out on a trailer. Also, it's compressed footage for a YouTube clip! So it's not gonna look the same on your 4K or 8K OLED TV than is in a compressed 1080p YouTube video. Like, can we just stop complaining about CGI in a trailer and be like, oh, this show's gonna be ass, because I can tell it's CGI. <sighs> what he said. Ralph Boner. <laughs> 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 what are you watching, Joe? I didn't think this episode was going to turn into some of our most impassioned rants on the podcast. We both had a few already. Let's go down... I don't know, I got a long list here, so I'm just going to go down what I wrote here. Uh, one thing I've been watching, and I mean to watch more of, but I just started season two of The Tick on Amazon Prime. And oh. uh, I just watched one episode of that so far. I love The Tick, man. It's one of the most underrated, I'll just say shows in general. In this era of superhero just what's what's the word for not all encompassing but just everything is superheroes right now and this is one of the most underrated ones by a mm. mile the tick is fantastic offbeat comedy it's just it's a really funny it's nearly a satire on the superhero genre in some ways but it's a lot more lighthearted than something like the boys one of my favorite characters is this guy who's He's kind of a parody of Batman and the Punisher sort of thing. He speaks in a gravelly voice like this, and he uses guns, and he, he's just this super gritty anti-hero, doesn't like, like playing well with others, like Thomas and his Wayne, code Batman. name is Over... Yeah, and his code name is Overkill. Nice. <laughs> he's just... This is the kind of... And he, uh, his base is this sentient Inside submarine called oh. yeah is this sentient submarine called danger boat and uh and danger boat has a crush on the main character so there, there's the tick who's not actually the main character he's just kind of the narrator it's not patrick warburton anymore no no i think his name is uh it's peter davidson peter. <laughs> it's pete davidson Sarah Finowitz. Sarah Finowitz is the tick? Yeah. Yeah. It's a girl? No. Oh. Who's Peter Sarah Finowitz? Oh, it's like a... Oh, gotcha. Peter... It's his name. Gotcha. Peter Sarah Finowitz. That's a cool name. Is the tick. Yeah. Also, so not saying tick, tick can't and... be a girl. I was just surprised. Okay, internet? God. I so the main character is a... World. All right, sorry. Go ahead. You have to defend everything you say. Yeah. So the tick is the narrator, but the main character is this accountant named Arthur 
who, when he was a kid, he lives in this city where there used to be a team of superheroes called the Flag Five. And the Flag Five, there's this, the big bad guy of this world is named the Terror. And he, his arch nemesis is the Superman of this universe, Superion. So the Terror murders all of the Flag Five in one fell swoop, but also kills Arthur's dad at the same time. So the hero, so Arthur lost all his heroes in one day and he had to watch it, basically. Jesus. So it kind of messes him up for life. He has this, he has a lot of mental health issues and his sister Dot basically is not his caretaker, but she kind of checks in on him. She's his person, mm-hmm. basically. But Arthur spent his whole life believing that the terror never died. He thinks, everyone thinks Superion killed the terror, but he's convinced that the terror is still alive and out there and plotting a conspiracy to take over the world. And in his conspiracy, he runs into the Tick, who the Tick believes that it's destiny the two of them met, and the Tick basically just doesn't stop following him around and trying to drag him into saving the world. He's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. So then, yada, 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 they end up teaming up, and his, his official superhero name is Arthur, because that's just what he <laughs> told somebody, and he, it was his real name, but he didn't want to give his real name, so it's the Tick and Arthur. Oh, that's right. And yeah, the, not your, yeah, I jogged yeah. my memory. And all their adventures together, and, you know, other characters like Danger Mode and Overkill. I also love Ms. Lint. She's kind of the, she's this Miss, hot mess of a Miss villain. Ms. Lint? Her power is basically electricity. And because she's static, like, static electric, she's always got dust flying around her. That's why they call her Ms. Lint. Interesting. And she, like I said, she's kind of just a mess. She, she was the main lackey for the terror before he, before he died. But now she's kind of just bouncing around from bad guy group to bad guy group because she doesn't really have anyone good to work for anymore. So she's pretty fun. It's a really funny show. It's got a great supporting cast. I really like everybody in it. It's a great take on superheroes in general. It's just a fun, original superhero world that's just a breath of fresh air from Marvel or DC. I think Amazon's doing... I haven't seen all the other Amazon shows, but I mean to watch The Boys and Invincible too. What Amazon's done with superheroes between The Invincible, The Boys, and The Tick, they're probably... They're probably producing the most interesting superhero content out there right now, I think. Just based on what I've seen, what I intend to see, and I highly recommend The Tick. I'm just starting season two, which is allegedly better than the first one but I've only seen the first episode, so I don't know. I was just about to bring up Invincible, saying that if you like little satire breaks from Marvel or DC, Invincible is a great choice. It doesn't fully break the hero, like the hero's journey or whatever, or like that, but it plays off of, and yes, it is a bit gory, but the animation's really cool. You kind of just love how crazy it gets. Star-studded cast. I'm just going to go through this quickly. And the story between Invincible and his father and that dynamic is probably some of the best writing that I've ever seen in recent years. And just the fighting Mm -hmm. scenes in that. I think you yourself would really love it. 
I'm sure I would. It's I think it's a great show. It's also really funny, but it's also dark in a lot of ways too. Like there's and a great feature Amazon has on their app is when you're when you've paused when you pause the movie, you can actually see the list of like the actress that pop up who's like in yep. the scene or voicing the scene. And that's a great feature to have on a show like this cuz you'll recognize a voice and they hit pause and then it's like holy crap, Seth Rogen and just how they the were able The only thing I hate about that feature, I like the trivia sometimes, but also the yeah. trivia spoils things for me sometimes. Ooh, I'm like, are yikes. you kidding me? <laughs> Especially when it's a TV show, which I think yeah. happened on Who killed Dumbledore? A TV no! show that I have on my list right now. I think I had something spoiled for me while I was watching one of these on Amazon. Like it told me a character was going to leave or something. It's like trivia this episode was his last one before he left the show I'm like this is are you kidding me <laughs> they say this one's the last one before he left the show i'm watching this one why are you telling me this now that yeah, one exactly. pissed me off i'm like okay well i know he leaves the show next episode thanks amazon that that reminds <sighs> me that reminds me of one funny story i was i was looking up and it is entirely my fault, but I was midway through the beginning of an episode, and I was they have this saying throughout the episode. I was like, uh, "Why do why do they say the saying?" And it was a saying in Peaky Blinders, and then um, mm. <laughs> and it said, and it was like during so and so's funeral. I was like, "No, I didn't mean to say that. Like, want that? I just wanted to know why they say this." And then literally, as I finished Googling it, I'm finishing the episode, and then that character dies. I was like, if I just waited 30 fucking minutes, I would like, I would have been fine. <laughs> I wouldn't have known about the spoiler. So that part was... That's infuriating. That's, it was infuriating, but was, it also doesn't hurt that much, because it's kind of the same day or whatever, and I also didn't really see it coming. And then in the same show, fucking, you know how you're scrolling through YouTube, and it's like... This person kills this person. Clip HD clip like it spoils it in the yeah, title, yeah. and it's like great. Thanks. Ugh. So I see you have less than me. So should I just do a, another couple quick? I mean, we're down to the last third of the episode here, but should we? So we need to start banging them off. So should I just do a couple more and then we do your next one? Just because I have such a longer list. Yeah, fuck it. Go for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go quicker. So lately, uh, another modern show. I started is Westworld season four. Finally came and this out. Show I is took them years, right? Yeah, I think every season's had about two years in between it. Damn. So the first season started in 2016, I think. Yeah, it's 2016, 2018, 2020, 2022. And I I haven't been with Westworld since the start. I probably started at the end of season two. I think I started watching when season three was coming out. Season four, I think, is finished now, but I just, I started late. Oops. Somehow I haven't got it spoiled, but I also don't really care if I get it spoiled because I stopped being really invested in this show emotionally sometime around season three when, <laughs> but I'm still here. Uh. I literally don't even, I literally don't even know who's who anymore. Because I, yeah. season three did this did this stupid thing with body swapping technology, where it puts certain characters' brains in other characters' bodies, 
So now I see all the same actors are still on it, but I'm like, yeah, but which character's in your head right now? I don't know anymore. God. I don't know who you're supposed to be anymore. That's one of those shows you need to write out a chart, Joe. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of just, I'm not even trying anymore. I'm just watching it. I'm just gathering what I can from it. That's cool. I'm watching it mostly to review it because I've gone this far on it. And I think it's only got one more year left after this. I remember. I think they were capping it at season five. Yeah. I remember when that show came out. It was around, it was in the middle of the time Game of Thrones hype was coming out. So people were like, what are you watching? Either Game of Thrones or Westworld. And I never. 2016. I remember that. We were oh, in university. I remember Justin watched. That's what it was. Yeah. I remember Justin was binging Westworld and University or for Westworld and Game of Thrones our first year at York. Oh, we were binging University, but not books, food. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't have a Wendy's on campus, people. I know. I what are you gonna, doing? I had 70, not a sponsor, obviously, but I had 72 Wendy's receipts. Just the receipts that I kept by the end of the year. Those I went the more days. than that. Those I went, were the days. I haven't been able to eat Wendy's very much had, since a, that year. They had a Popeye's there too. I yeah. didn't take advantage of that, but I should have. It's been five years and I still think twice every time I want to go to Wendy's. I can't do it anymore. It's so good. It hurts. But yeah, Westworld was a thing back then. Uh, I don't know if you ever really got into Westworld. Nope. Or if you stayed into Westworld later. I understood the concept. I thought it'd be a good idea, but my family was so obsessed with Game of Thrones at the time that we didn't really have time for Westworld time for it yeah first season's incredible second season is uh you can watch it it's not as good as the first but i think it's as good a continuation as you could have gotten mm -hmm. from such an acclaimed first season season three completely <sighs> okay uh this is going to be pretty big spoiler for after season two just like for context reasons here i'm not talking about who lives who dies whatever but season three they leave the park and go to the real world oh so by season three they're literally not even in westworld anymore the cowboy theme is gone they're in it's Eastland. just another yeah it's just another sci-fi story set in a futuristic world with the same themes as westworld you're still following a lot of the same characters but the whole point of Westworld was the robots in the park and the Western aesthetic, and they don't do any of that from season three onward. So it's like, huh. part of me appreciates the reinvention, but the other part of me was just like, why are we still here? Why do we care anymore? The it's whole, like, what drew me into the show, I'm not even into it. It's like doing Whatever. an Avatar Last Airbender movie, but having like no bending in it. It's a little shot at M. Yeah. Night Shyamalan there. God, what a disappointing yeah. film. He was like, oh, I'm such a fan of the, the show. You fucking liar. Sorry. It's like Avatar The Last Airbender, except in season three, they take a boat and end up in the modern real world for some reason. <laughs> I mean, they do that. In, <laughs> That's what it's like. They kind of do that in Legend of Korra. That's well, it's, it's not modern. They, it's like 20s yeah, aesthetic. Well, I mean, okay. It works. Okay, I mean, it's it's the future. I mean, the Westworld is like 50 years from now, even in the modern world. It's like okay. Avatar, but they so went my... to space. Yeah. So that one... Not I'm that Avatar. Season four. The other, the other Avatar. Other Avatar. Season four, I am enjoying so far. I think I like it better than season three now that the culture shock's out of the way. 
They're pairing up characters I like better than last season. It's less of a slog to get through. I'm having more fun with it. They kind of retcon some stuff that pissed me off at the end of last year. Season four is not so bad so far, but I'm only two episodes in. I'll check back in on our next leisure list, see how I liked it or didn't like it. Uh, Another one I've been watching some more is uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer season five. There's five seasons. Buffy is a weird one. There's seven. Jesus Christ, good for them. But I'm only on five. And then Angel, I think, also ran for five. Angel ran for five seasons? I think so. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, Buffy is a weird one for me because I started that one back in high school, I think, around there. And then I watched the first three seasons. However long when they were in high school, I think it was. Oh, yeah, it was yeah, it was the first three. I watched the high school years, and then they took it off Netflix. And then I kind of lost track of it for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And then sometime last year, I, saw, I found it on Amazon. And I think, oh, okay, I can finally finish it. So I've been watching it on and off. I did, uh, I'm on season five now. Did you get to the musical Season five's episode? still good. Not yet. Uh-huh. That's later, I think. Season five's still good. I think it's a course correction from season four. Season four got a little bit weird when they started getting more sci-fi than fantasy. They literally, the main bad guy that season was kind of a Frankenstein's monster of monster parts and technology. And there was a lot of, there's a lot of weirdness in season four. I think I liked it more than most people from the sounds of things, but season five is sort of a return to form going back to more supernatural elements there's also a pretty cool overarching mystery buffy the vampire slayer is when shows knew how to handle monster of the week alongside serialized television Mm. that used to be novel and then somehow tv lost its way i think that's when they started considering monster of the week episodes filler and then just making 24 whole episodes a year devoted to the main story and stretching it way too thin back then they still had a balance so they were episodic or they is buffy mostly episodic or is it is it like buffy is it's kind of half and half there's half the episode she's just fighting it's kind of like the x-files is i think the first show to really Uh, popularize this format is monster of the week you have you know just a bad guy they have to defeat and then every other episode or so goes into the overarching story. But sometimes the Monster of the Week ones will drop little breadcrumbs for the overarching story too. So, you know, or have little character development moments. So, you know, there's a lot of good one-off adventures. There's a lot of continuing story. Honestly, as I get older, I tend to prefer the one-off episodes nowadays. Because... When you do seasons of TV and you don't like the overall season, most modern TV shows just make that the entire focus. I'm looking at you, Netflix. So if they drop the ball, the entire season's ruined. Back in the day, if you didn't like an overarching story, you had good standalone episodes to fall back on just for pure enjoyment for an hour. Nowadays, we like to call that filler. I've gone on this rant before. There's actual filler and then there's just standalone episodes. They're two different things. Stop confusing the few, the yeah. two of them. Like a lot of people who say a really bad filler episode is that one episode in season two of Stranger Things where Eleven goes off of like the other 
punks or whatever, like her own little story. That I'd consider more filler. I would consider that just a bad standalone episode. I don't know if I would consider well, it get- filler. But, like, that's an example where it's not yeah. filler, but it's still bad. <laughs> it's the only, yeah. like, truly, like, bad thing in Stranger Things. Let's go on to your next one, though. All right, so really quick, I've been playing a lot of the Call of Duty games. Mostly just the old, the um, 2000 my, 2009 Modern Warfare 2 game. Just because the new one's coming out, and I'm a bit of a gamer, and I like Call of Duty. Just enjoying the story, soaking soaking in the campaign a little bit. Just to see, just to be prepared for what changes they might make in the remake, or um, or what stuff they'll keep. I tried playing the multiplayer, but the servers are down. I don't think they'll ever come back, which is fine. And I have been playing. I probably I might have mentioned this on the last podcast, but uh, Last of Us. I've been playing those those games. I brought up how The Last of Us, I just wanted to play it. Just to say I play it, the first one, even though I watched the story so many times. And I want to do a longer podcast on this. And how the first one is just really... Just how the first one is really, really good. And kind of how I was surprised about how simple it was of the, like, survivor story and the... Not anti-hero, but the... What's the word? troubled hero with the like younger sidekick what if a surrogate father and daughter bonded in the midst of the apocalypse yeah one of those stories and as they try to find sanctuary it's such a simple story very well told yeah and i was like wow this is very simple i don't know why i expected to be more epic but then i had to realize this was kind of the first in gaming terms to do it like this so that's what makes it i think really impactful Started playing Last of Us Part Two because it was on sale. And I'm about a third through it myself I, right now. I am stuck on one part because I just have no motivation to go through it right now. I will get back to it and I will finish it because. Can you give me a little bit of a hint? Unless you're way further than I am. No, I am. I think I'm on I Seattle am, Day Two right now. I think I'm still on Seattle Day One, where Ellie has just. Have you gone through that giant area yet? I've like through the clock tower and that I'm there, but I, I just the part where Ellie and Dana are first being surrounded by the wolves. They're like, and you go through different areas of of the, of the game and you have to fight them different. I think I turned it off at one point because I was like, it was maybe the third group of wolves. I was like, fuck me, man. Like. And it was very late, so I just turned it off, and I haven't turned it back on. But I will, I will finish it because I want to do a full I discussion on. I want to do a full discussion on why Last of Us Part Two is just kind of disrespectful. Also, Part One remake, the Part One remake made for PS Five defend- is such a money grab, and you can't tell me any otherwise. It was selling for maybe sixty dollars. I would say maybe that's fine, but here in Canada. Where it's eighty nine ninety nine is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It's not a brand new game. You took out the multiplayer. It's not built from the ground up. It's the same story as the first game. How dare you, Naughty Dog? That's bad. Agreed there, but I will jump in to say I think I'm going to defend Last of Us Part Two. I know you, but 
you had problems with it since before you even started playing it. I went in with a blank slate and I I like it more than a lot of people and I have my reasons and it might turn into an indefensive I don't know. That's good. <laughs> I I'm I glad think I want to I want us to have different opinions. We're going to have it, some so it's good for the podcast. We're going to have some disagreement on this one. Yeah. I don't hate as much as other but, uh, people. It's going to be I do interesting. It's a little disrespectful. Just a little that, bit. It's going to be an interesting one. Stay tuned for that whenever we do it. Uh, I'm going to go on. I'm just going to riff through a couple more. I finished Twin Peaks Season 2 recently. Twin Peaks kind of came out of nowhere for me. I, I'd been meaning to watch it for a really long time. Oh, this uh, weird cult hit show made by David Lynch. Sounds interesting. All right, I'll, I'll give it a watch. Love it. It's amazing, really. Writing is incredible, especially for the first season and a half. The It starts very simple. Girl in a young town. Prom queen is murdered. Everybody in town's mourning her loss. The FBI comes in to investigate. And then it just spirals into this weird supernatural adventure with there's ties to the to the mob to drug smugglers to to to, yeah to a drug smuggling ring to the occult to different parallel worlds even creatures from extra realms mind control spirituality there's so many weird things going on in the town of twin peaks that unravel over the course of two seasons and kyle mclaughlin's dale cooper is one of my favorite tv characters of all time season two was a little the back half was a little worse than the first half just because i thought it was pretty gutsy though that they wrap up the the laura palmer mystery and then in the back half of season two they just introduce entirely new plot lines and i was like what these are kind of coming out of nowhere and i enjoyed them quite a bit admittedly but it uh it did kind of meander for a bit there but i i really liked season two of twin peaks i'm looking forward to watching fire walk with me next and then twin peaks the return and i'll get back to you with my thoughts on that but if you haven't seen twin peaks watch twin peaks uh i also just finished 30 rock season five I've been, I never really knew what to expect from 30 Rock. It's just one of those shows I've heard about all my life, but 30 Rock is really fun show. Uh, I've always been a fan of Tina Fey. I really like her kind of awkward, but witty style of humor. She's very, she wrote Mean Girls. Relatable. Yeah. She's very, she's very clever and her, Chemistry with Alec Baldwin is fantastic. Liz Lemon and Jack Donaghy are one of the best comic duos in TV history, probably. They bounce off each other really well. Fantastic supporting cast. My favorite character is Jenna. She's not usually the type who would be my favorite, but she's just so off the rails crazy. It's just, she's hilarious. I love her. As for comedy, I also just finished. There's no way you have time for all this Yeah, I'm just... I'm rambling. There's no way Next, you're for I watched I watched uh, The Simpsons season 7 lately as well for another comedy. Simpsons needs no introduction. It's been on for 30 years somehow. You know Jesus it. Jesus Christ. I love it. 
I'm still in what's considered the golden age. Haven't passed through that yet. I'm probably only going to watch it up to maybe season 12 or so. I'll be getting through it. Season <laughs> seven's still great. Lots of iconic episodes. It's one of the few shows that manages to make me laugh out loud basically every episode. Haven't seen Simpsons. Highly recommend that as well. Sorry. Love it. Sorry, that made me laugh. He was like, there's only 30 seasons, but I'm going to go up to season 12. That's still a lot. <laughs> That's still a whole show. That's the length of the Big Bane Theory. Oh my gosh. And yes, that's 12 uh, seasons, kids. All right. I've been also play. I just started Lego Star Wars the other day. The Skywalker Saga. But I'm probably not going to finish it anytime soon because <gasps> you I got it. it to play with my... I got it to play with my brother because... He and I always used to play. We played the OG Lego Star Wars back in 2005. That was, we were there from the very beginning of Lego games there, or branded Lego games anyway. So we wanted to play the new one together. But then he went back to school in Ottawa. We didn't even get a couple levels through the Phantom Menace. Damn. Oh, well. So I probably won't be playing that again till he comes home for Thanksgiving in October. Yes, October, because we're Canadian. Americans listening? Yeah, we settled... We settle with the natives earlier. Settled. That's a dark way to put that. Settled. I didn't mean to say it so... Yes. I, I didn't mean to say that so uh, aggressively. Gave them blankets. Our American listeners, Thanksgiving in October works... I mean, November works I have a funny okay, too. I have a funny story about Chris Columbus, but it'll, this, will, this will be after the podcast. <laughs> oh, brother. Don't want to cancel us, right? It's just it just like shows that. how much Chris Columbus is a dick, but it's it's not for the podcast. <laughs> okay, like our Miss Marvel talk isn't gonna get us canceled already. Everything will get us canceled. Yeah, this whole episode, the Skywalker saga. I'm really enjoying it. My biggest criticism is that the levels feel a little, a little bit too big. In some cases, they feel a little so big they're kind of empty. This has a too much bit, value. No, it's not, it's not a value thing. It's just, it's kind of just like you're in a warehouse and there's like five things to do in the warehouse. But after you walk all the way to those five things, it's like, well, you've done a lot of walking. It's like it's the really... warehouse in Indiana Jones. Yeah. It's like you're walking around the warehouse and it's like, it's big. It's pretty. You've done the five things in it, though, but there's not really a lot to do. It's just a really big space to walk around. Yeah. The things to do are fun, but uh, we're just like getting the, started. It's kind of like the game uh, Horizon Forbidden West. It's uh, been criticized yeah. for having way too much stuff to do, and it's not a lot of replay value, but it's, it was a fun game. I liked it. Yeah, that's how I feel like this might go, but you know what? We're only a couple levels in, barely out of the tutorial. Just got to feed. See how it goes. And uh, you do your next one. Okay. So I just finished a recent playthrough of God of War 4. Getting hyped for God of War Ragnarok. Real quick, another great father-son story. Beautiful. It's a, it's a game changer. I have literally a whole podcast dedicated to me talking about God of War. So, so you talk Close up episode 16. Ryan explains God of War to somebody who's never played God of War, which is me. If you didn't guess. Yeah, beautiful game. It changed the... I almost said IP. It changed the franchise completely on its head. 
Which I wouldn't have been wrong if I said IP. It's just a weird phrasing. Yeah, it's just just a great game. Ragnarok looks really good. I'm a little worried because sequels tend to not be as good as the original, but there's a lot of hype behind this, and there's some new game mechanics that look fun where you can actually grapple people like you did in older games. But other than that, I just finished Barry Season 3, which I don't know how he does it, man. Bill Hader, he is one of the most... Him and Jordan Poole are like... Jordan Poole. Jordan Peele. I just said a fucking basketball player. I just said a basketball player. My God. And then I also fucking have my speech impediment. It's late, guys. All right, we changed our time zones for the podcast. It's fine. But some of these, like, great comedic actors and creators can also tell the most dramatic stories and still be funny in them as well. Like, Barry is about this hitman who wants to be an actor and he can't stop being a hitman because life keeps getting in the way. And there's still, especially with this season, there's a lot of, it's just, it's a great message about grief and how to, how to deal with it. There's some really serious moments in this. Like, there's a, I don't even want to spoil it, but there's, fuck, I can't talk about it. But just the way a certain scene is shot, it just feels so real. At the finale. It just, there's no music. There's no, like, dun-dun-dun. It's the way it's shot. The way, it's not even built up. It just, all of a sudden, it's happening. And, like, sometimes that happens in real life. It's just, it's just shocking. And it's just, it's some of the most brilliant television writing that I've seen in recent times. There's dramatic moments. There's sad moments. There's really funny moments. And it's all coming from these two guys. It's, and it's, it's freaking brilliant. It's all coming from um, Bill Hader and Alec Berg. Oh, wait. Yeah, Alec Berg. And it's, I just think it's amazing. The main actress in it is Canadian. I believe she's from <laughs> Vancouver, Sarah Goldberg. And she is brilliant as well. Also, Harry Winkler's in it, who plays the acting teacher, who I did not realize until halfway watching this that that is fucking Fonzie. I didn't realize it until... Oh, yeah. And, like, I, I hey. guess it, maybe it was the gesture he was doing. Maybe it was his hair. But it finally clicked in my head. It was like, that's fucking Fonzie. I never realized... Because he looks so different than he did, like, 50 years ago. Which he would. 50 years ago. Yeah. It just never clicked for me. And he's really good in it. It's just a really good show. I recommend anyone who's into acting to actually watch the show. Or anyone who's into film to watch this show. Because it's, it's, it's so well Interesting. done. All right, so my last two, uh, the other week, I went with my dad to see this movie called Fall, which I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about, but I recommend this one. So basically what it is, is these two girls, Becky and Hannah, Becky's husband, they're all rock, they're all climbers, daredevil types, whatnot. Becky's husband died on a rock climbing accident, and she's been just kind of stricken with grief for the last year. She's super depressed and not really living her life anymore. No. Oh. Oh, it's the new one. She's not really living her life. Any- yeah, not really living her life anymore. So her friend Hannah says, "Hey, you know, I got, uh, I got an idea. Let's go to this two thousand foot tower out in the desert. Let's climb it. We'll uh, social media ourselves doing it because this Hannah's an influencer, of course, but she's also trying to help her friend. So she says, "Okay, let's uh, come with me. Let's climb this tower. Take your husband's ashes, and we're gonna dump it out." 
on top of this 2,000-foot tower on, her, on the year anniversary of, her de- of his death. So they go out to this tower. The climbing scene's super intense. It's fantastic. They get up to the top. Right when they get to the top, about 100 foot of ladder falls right beneath them. So now they're stuck on this tower 2,000 feet up with nothing but their backpack. And their wits about them. They don't get a cell service. And it's just, how do these two girls figure out well, can they even get off this tower with what they've got is one question. But it's just, it's this super claustrophobic and is agoraphobia the fear of heights? Uh, I have no idea. I'll say agoraphobic. It's this claustrophobic, agoraphobic whatever the fear of heights is, ick kind of movie where you're just constantly on the edge of your seat in anxiety, wondering if these two girls will fall. Ha, that's the movie title. And if they can get off. The first act of the movie I thought was kind of weak, but I think it also had a point to establish who these girls were. They're kind of social media, TikTok personalities. They're very... Gen Z, they talk a lot of, you know, slang, and it's kind of annoying. But they start focusing up and getting more serious once they get on the tower, which I think is kind of important to show that in these death-defying situations, the personality types strip away. And it's a really tense movie. I expected two girls on a tower, tension, and maybe some unexpected things, but they actually did. Quite a few unexpected things. The movie surprised me. It kept me engaged. And uh, nobody's talking about it, but I recommend Fall. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's one of those... Actually. I've seen some bad reviews about it, but just one of those like survival movies, right? Where it's set in one place. Kind of like the, it gave me everything, the Shallows yeah. and whatnot. Those films for it gave like me all the... everything I wanted. Yeah. For all the criticisms those films get, they're shot very well. Oh, this one's shot great. It yeah. gave me everything I wanted and even more, so go see that. And last night, I got a little... I just thought, okay, well, you know, what's a movie I haven't seen that's on no other streaming services? I've got a couple uh, passes to the Cineplex tour. So I watched Dirty Harry. Because why not? <laughs> just this pretty cop movie starring... Drone. Can't break the mold. Yeah. Just this gritty cop movie from the 70s with Clint Eastwood. Why not? What's uh, what's this got in store for me? Well, I thought it was actually pretty interesting. Took me a while to get into it. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't think I recognized that quote. (laughs) I quoted the I quoted the this. I quoted the movie that they quoted in Logan. (laughs) Okay, I'm like I'm just gonna skip past you talking because I didn't recognize that. The real quote is uh, I gotta find the quote now. Go ahead, make my day. Wrong. Right is that franchise, not Dirty Harry? Movie. Fuck! It is wrong movie. Is that not in Dirty Harry? Go ahead, make my day. Not the first one. Really? I think that's the second one. Bullshit. Okay. This is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world and would blow your head clean off. You gotta ask yourself one question. Oh, yeah, you I right. feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Yeah, so Dirty right. Harry, 
he's he's the kind of cop you can't put in movies anymore, but he's probably the first but they kind of acknowledge it in the movie too that he's the kind of cop that was kind of dated even by their standards, the kind of cop who just does what he wants and takes the law into his own hands and the movie kind of does this back and forth thing with him where all of his superiors don't really like him because he goes off the books, but also at the same time, the movie sort of also tries to argue that the law doesn't always work. What? The way it works, the way it is on paper. And sometimes you need a guy to take the law into his own hands to get actual justice. So sometimes it's like he's not a good, he's not a good cop, but he also gets justice. Justice. In his own way. So it's one of those... So he's kind of more of a vigilante cop, which was probably original in the 70s. I'm sure this was one of the first movies to do it at the time. I was pretty... I liked it the more it went. The bad guy, Scorpio, was really engaging. It's a very simple, I'll kill people unless you pay me $200,000 kind of thing. Ransom the city of San Francisco. And uh, Harry tries to stop him through investigative tactics. And it's just, it's got some really cool moments in it, some cool action, especially the third act scene. And like I said, some pretty interesting philosophical ideas. What's, what's more right? The letter getting criminals caught by the letter of the law, doing everything 100% perfect, but also giving criminals chance to exploit the system for loopholes, escape justice when they don't when they can't be caught by the letter of the law or do it dirty harry's way where it's not really morally right well it, it's justice but it's not really morally right he does impact okay i will spoil one part of the movie he does catch him by basically violating his rights but all his superiors come down on him and they're like you know we cannot make this case stick, right? Because you seized you seized all this evidence illegally. You you beat him to a pulp without giving him his Miranda rights or getting a search warrant for the place, breaking and entering. He's like none of this stuff. The way you caught him was so illegal. There's no way a case is going to hold up against this guy in court. So you just botched the entire case and this killer is going to walk free now. And that's part way into it. It's a, you know. Interesting. That's part of. I thought that was, that was where the movie turned for me. And that was about halfway through it. So that was, that was when, where I started getting more fascinated with the movie. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, this movie's actually saying some pretty interesting stuff here. Hmm. So, yeah, that's Dirty Harry. My quick list of gonna watch. House of the Dragon, never seen Game of Thrones. Watch episode four, Ryan explains Game of Thrones to someone who's never seen Game of Thrones. Yeah, I put Game and... of Thrones in your list for you. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to watch House of the Dragon first because it's there. It's brand new. There's only one episode out as of the time of this recording. I can get into it easier. You I'm still talking fuck. fast because I want to get this episode... <laughs> Because I want to get this episode wrapped up. We will talk about House of the Dragon before we talk about Game of Thrones again. Sorry, close-up viewers. Sorry, Ryan. Uh, I, will, I will watch that. He made a promise. Soon. I did. I will. You made a promise to watch Wrath of Khan. You first. <laughs> yeah. 
And of course, I'm going to watch Cobra Kai. Season five coming out, out next month. I always say, hope the show never dies. It's uh-huh. somehow continually amazing. I can explain a little bit of that. Probably talk about We'll talk about it more when it comes out. It's fun. It's just a. There. <laughs> Most shows are not fun anymore. That's all there is to it. This one feels like it's from the 80s. Good... I don't know how they pull it off, but somehow it's still good every year. It's funny because like. I always go into this show thinking it's going to be trash every year. And somehow so it always seen, manages So you've to... seen some of it, right? The, the trailer? Cobra Kai. Oh, all of it. Yeah, I watched it. Oh, okay. Well, it's funny because the first two seasons are like a YouTube original series at first. Like, it was a web series. Yeah. And then season three and four, like, they actually get money. And then it's, like, even more well done. Which yeah. Is amazing. I've also seen... I don't know if you've seen the first three Karate Kid movies either, but I I've seen them. And, you know... Yeah, so season four of Cobra Kai was even more meaningful to me when I watched Karate Kid 3. Yeah. They somehow made Terry Silver even more compelling but that shouldn't surprise me because they managed to layer everybody on this show they managed to make the original movies better i don't know how you most legacy sequels don't do that well, some of them are coming to toronto but, uh, okay uh they were they canceled both. oh they did oh i didn't see that damn yeah i was gonna see them but uh that sucks. All right, so you had House of the Dragon. Maybe on they all oh, maybe too. you know what it was. Maybe because they had to do promotion. That's part of what it yeah, is. Yeah, didn't have time. Damn, that would have been cool to see. All right, so you, uh, all right. So unless you got any more to say, want to wrap up? No, nope, mine was House of Dragon as well. Game of Thrones fan. Okay. I didn't watch it the night it came out because I was just tired. But I'm probably gonna watch it tonight or tomorrow. Anyway, you can find me at Ryan Walker Official on TikTok and on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at ThoughtPlane Media and our Facebook page of the same name. Find further film discussion and entertainment reviews on ThoughtPlane.ca forward slash articles. And if you'd be so kind, you can support ThoughtPlane Media on Patreon, link down below. Also be sure to leave us comments and reviews as that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button if you enjoyed this? I also want you to support me on my future ambition of being an auctioneer with how fast I've been talking for the last half of this episode. I think I might have a career in it. We hope to see you on the next close-up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time. See ya.